Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the ESG Fitness Podcast. This week I have an amazing guest on the podcast and so much of what we discuss are the principles that I based Commit to Six around and more generally my whole ethos around working with people to improve their lives generally. Um, and, And investing in your health and well-being is meant to make your whole life better. And I think some people get, I wouldn't say confused about this, but I guess go down the wrong path and think that they need to sacrifice their life in order to, I don't know, lose weight or lose body fat. But when this is done well, you will notice that improved fitness, fat loss, body composition, all translates into various areas of your life. So you tend to be, if done well at least, happier and more confident at work with your friends with your family and probably most importantly you feel better about you and this is why I continuously talk about making change from a place of love and not hate and this is the secret if you will or the key to making your results enjoyable to maintain because by doing so, you are practicing self-love. There is no longevity in diet and exercise from a place of negativity or hate. And if you're dieting and exercising because you hate your body, you often end up falling into this yo-yo cycle of never being able to maintain your results. So moving on to the guest, who is Claire. Some of you may remember Claire from the 162 crew days, if you were following me on Instagram there. Um, Claire used to live with me. We did a number of really funny partner exercise videos. I found them funny. One of them had, like, I just can't get over. I'll have to find it. The sound, do you know what? I'm going to pause this and find it. But the sound that came out of my mouth, like, I didn't know where it came from. It's like a foghorn. Hold on. You're all welcome. So, yeah, that was a fun experience. I don't know why this is relevant. It's not, but I did feel the need to find that video. And the foghorn, the foghorn sound that came out of my lungs. Do you know when I think that happens is when you, like, really, really laugh. Laugh? And that is apparently the sound I make when I really, really laugh, which I feel sounds like maybe a dying seal. Attractive. Anyway, back to my point. Um, Claire is an amazing human being, also happens to be one of my best friends and a huge positive influence on my life. So I thought I would share her and her expertise with you. So aside from that, Claire's also a strength and conditioning coach at the University of St Andrews. And one of the things that impresses me so much about her and probably why we get on so well is that she never settles or stops learning. In fact, when she lived with me, I think literally every other weekend she was at some kind of CPD course or learning something new. So 
that's one of the things that I do love about Claire. And I could go on talking about how amazing Claire is for the whole podcast, but I am going to get to the point. So I had Claire on especially to talk about the athlete mindset. And I have personally found that so much of the discipline I learned from sport, especially from training and competing, has transferred into other... (laughs) Sorry, I don't actually know what happened there. Other areas of my life. God, today's podcast is a very strange one. I apologise. But do you know what? I'm not one for editing, so that's all going to stay in. My first serious sport, serious, or at least the sport I took seriously, was athletics. And I strongly feel that this is what, for me anyway, sort of ingrained the ability to apply this delayed gratification towards behaviours. So with athletics, and I realise this applies to most sports really, but especially in track and field, athletes train really hard all winter in fact that's when they train their hardest and I guess it's in the hope that it will pay off in the summer so there's a saying that medals are won in the off season and that's totally true and I think that's the same for sort of most sports but I always think of it in relation to track and field so you're training really hard all winter and then you're hoping that that's going to pay off in the summer and that's a brilliant example of this delayed gratification And you kind of have to have this belief that all the hard work that you're putting in in the winter is going to result in better performance in the summer and also that you don't get injured and that everything comes together on the day and is the perfect race situations, which is actually why it like breaks my heart when I see someone get disqualified from a full start, like especially at something like the Olympics. Because that is four years of that. In fact, arguably more. That's potentially like, I don't know, 10 years of solid training before that, that they've reached this race at the Olympic Games that's going to be their pinnacle and then they full start. Like, can you imagine? And not only will you have to wait potentially four years to do that again, but who's to say that in four years you don't get injured, you're still in peak physical condition, you're not too old to do that event anymore? I'm kind of um, going on a side note here, but it is very sad when you see that. Anyway, I'm not going to speak too much longer because me and Claire speak for quite a long time on this podcast and it is a really, really brilliant episode. So I hope that you all enjoy it. I appreciate any feedback as usual. And I think a lot of things will stand out to you as things that we already implement if you are working with me. So without further ado... Here is my interview with Claire. Hello, I have arrived at the home of Claire. It feels weird being here because you used to be in the flat with me and all the stuff is here. <laughs> but I love it's it. Sad. Anyway, so I'm here with Claire, who you will now know who is who she is because I've just <laughs> introduced her to you. She is my old flatmate as well and very good friend, but also more importantly for today a brilliant strength and conditioning coach, and I saw that she had just done a talk to the students at St Andrews Uni. Who was it? Or was it all of the rowing? Um, It's like our performance sport teams. So the teams that were probably there were hockey, football, uh, some Is it all the ones that have big bucks points? Um, Well, not actually. 
Mm. Our focus mm. is is box is a huge focus, but for us, it's not the only focus. Um, but they are the performance teams who are like they've got director of sport, um, they've got S and C support, and they're kind of part of that more development program. So. so what I saw on Claire's story is that she was talking to them about the athlete mindset, and I was really interested in what she had to say, but also thought it would be an interesting thing for us to look at from a perspective of how can the athlete's mindset be transferred into other areas of your life and something that I know we've spoken about before and that has been, I think, really useful into the success of some things I've done definitely out with sport is transferring some of those skills. So things that I learned, maybe training for athletics or for rowing, really transferred into like business or education and getting a degree. And I, I think the biggest thing for me was that delayed reward yeah so you're training all winter not knowing if you're actually going to be any better in the summer but in the hope that the hard work will pay off and that's true for so many things in life like you're hoping that studying is going to pay off for your exams you're hoping that you know skipping like the extra cookie now is going to pay off later in terms of weight loss at the end of the week etc etc like the commitment enjoying the process like learning from the process and then eventually hopefully reaching yeah I think that's a huge point is that if you enjoy the process anyway then I guess it's less of a big deal if you didn't I don't know say you had an amazing time at university but you actually didn't pass at the end you probably still would have learned a lot had you enjoyed the process yeah and then you get a reset yeah yeah, I mean you'll be fine bad example yeah so let's start with how you started on the presentation um so I start started with looking at mental toughness So I'm just going to read this little quote that I start with in the presentation as well. So mental toughness is the ability to resist, manage and overcome doubts, worries, concerns and circumstances that prevent you from succeeding or excelling at a task or towards an objective or performance outcome that you set out to achieve. So we kind of look at that, um, discuss it a little like the elements that are involved, like looking at the four C's, so challenge, commitment, um, so confidence. So what's that? Challenge would be? So challenge is basically looking at learning orientation. Uh, so there's little sections of each here. So it's inner strength and outer orientation. So learning orientation and risk orientation is in the challenge section. So it's basically, for me, putting... For them, what I did with that is um, look at like goal setting and like really looking at the process of that whole thing and setting those goals, overcoming those goals. And if they didn't kind of succeed, then how do you look at it in that positive kind of way to then look at plan B? Um, then there's the commitment. So that is achievement orientation, also goal, goal orientation. Um control, life control, emotional control and confidence, confidence and abilities and interpersonal um, confidence as well. So looking at all of those areas I was kind of like okay how can we help develop that so then we focused on looking at um, things that they could do as individuals like looking at growth mindset. Um, so what is growth mindset because this is like a huge it's just a different perspective of things isn't it and yeah. when you start looking at it in that way it's, as cheesy as it is it will literally change your life yes um, 
So there's, we talk about growth and fixed, um, and it's basically the way that you view challenges, the way that you view um, the need to learn and um, the understanding that everybody needs to work hard to get better at something. So it's not like, like Michael Phelps didn't just appear as an Olympian, like he's had to work so hard to get there. Yes, he was maybe naturally gifted, but it's everybody needs to apply that growth mindset. So you'll see quite a lot of individuals with maybe that fixed mindset. This is more relating to um, athletes that say they have um, been naturally gifted as a kid and they just kind of coast through. They don't work hard, don't really lose because they're Mm -hmm. just naturally coasting through that performance pathway and then at some point that's when they'll actually hit the good competition maybe when it becomes more of an international standard or something yeah. you see this and, a lot at school as well don't you like people yeah. who are just kind of naturally quite intelligent and they just coast through and then they get to uni and they're like everyone has to study at, at uni it doesn't matter how yeah. naturally talented you yeah. are but you've never learned how to study because you've never had to try hard and they really struggle and you're yeah. always oh, they were so smart at school, like, why aren't they? And it's because they haven't built those skills. And and yeah. same with elite sport, isn't it? That if you've not really had to work hard or really had to yeah. face losing or face not winning every single competition, how do you do that? Yeah, so you'll see a lot of those athletes that maybe have had to really push, they're the ones that will end up succeeding because they're mentally tough, mm. but they're also physically there as well because they've worked hard for it. So that's one skill that I... I try to push forward and let people be aware of is their attitude towards all of this like um if they do feel how do you overcome it like how do you look at the next plan what do you take from that fail it's not they've just failed it's it's just been a hurdle Mm. and you need to like think of the other way to get around it and um and obviously I'm gonna bring this back to (laughs) fat loss or body composition goals so and I'm sure everyone listening to this, because you are all my clients, you will have heard me saying this before, but the reason I say you have fat, not you are fat, is because saying that you are fat is quite a fixed mindset. It's something yeah. that you are, it's internalised as you. Saying that you have something, that's something that can be changeable, that's something that you yeah. can lose if you choose to. So that kind of mindset, and kind of what Claire's just saying about, okay, you, you reach a stumbling block, how do we get around that? It's yeah. exactly the same as what we do with weekly check-ins. Oh, okay, this week I overate. Okay, why did you overeat? What were the circumstances around that? How can we make changes to make sure that next time that happens, it doesn't result in you overeating? Yeah. And that's exactly. just the, the application to fat loss <laughs> as opposed to elite sport. But I guess shows quite nicely how these, the same theories can be used in different in areas. In our life, life. Yeah. yeah. So it's like um, the fixed mindset lot will be like, I can't do this, I can't do that, Um, I failed at that, I'll never be able to do it like that, and even, say, within tasks as well, it's... Do you ever get someone actually, you must get this all the time, but, I don't know, actually doing a press-up, and then it's like, I can't do press-ups. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, and it's like, You're doing it right now. You can't do it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, all you need to do is that, yeah, exactly, add that one little word onto it. And it changes the whole idea. So and I think sometimes, yeah. And when you call someone out on that, sometimes they're like, yeah, 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 I get you, whatever. Like, it's not a big deal, but actually it, it, is. it is. Yeah. And how we speak to ourselves is yeah. such a big deal. So we look at um, what we've done with that growth fixed mindset is I kind of get them to 
think about situations where so when we're going back to the mental toughness what do you want to develop um I'll just say for me skills in like I'm pretty bad at like the more plyometric side. So just taking that in my, say like physical um, ability to demonstrate stuff, I'd be like, oh, I can't jump. <laughs> like, I'm not a very good jumper. <laughs> I used to be a rower, so it's really yeah. come with that. Um, but that's I've even done it, and it's just me now being aware that that's stupid for me to have ever mm. said I can't jump because I can jump maybe can't jump very well it's not changing yeah and now actually okay well Claire you can program so program a jump program then you'll see yourself getting better Mm. and from that it's developing that whole growth mindset mental toughness to actually achieve and go further rather than right I'm stuck here yeah kind of thing yeah it is um here's an interesting one I saw someone post about this on social media is that should you program for things that you can't do because I'm completely with that like yeah you should because you're I mean you're not anymore an elite athlete <laughs> but what? yeah you should... oh, okay <laughs> sorry <laughs> um but obviously you can train elite athletes and some of my yeah. clients are way but you know probably everyone can squat more than me I would hope Why? um <laughs> but you know like it doesn't not I guess what I'm trying to say is you don't have to walk the walk in some respects oh I know like yeah I know what you mean um are you talking about my jump example <laughs> yeah as in you don't have to be a very exactly. good jumper I mean yeah. it's good to, that you can show that yeah. how to do a plyometric jump but yeah. you don't necessarily you're never going to be as good at it as like the basketball team I mean I should be <laughs> no um no that was yeah just an example <laughs> yeah no it just made me think of something I'd, I'd read that saying that oh you shouldn't be programming stuff that you oh. haven't done yourself as in like you shouldn't program a workout well, if you haven't silly. done it yourself no because yeah I'm never gonna be like and it also limits all of your clients to how good you are yeah and I'm like I would want you to be quite a lot yeah, better than for I for me I just want the competence to be able to demonstrate it effectively to them and mm. then my ability of programming it doesn't matter if I've not yeah. been that Olympian yeah. basketballer <laughs> in the Olympics no basketball's not even yeah it's in the Olympics oh okay sometimes um, <laughs> I think it's one of those choice sports yeah so um what else do we talk about we also fixate on so in the program I'll go sorry the presentation I'll go on to also look at habits um because part of the mental toughness is the really ability to focus on what you're wanting to achieve so focusing on that success um, and not being distracted so part of that is looking at habits and how that can help so habits obviously like they're your daily routines they're everything little acts that you perform all day every day are non-negotiables for team commit to six yeah um and with that it doesn't require your focus or motivation to continually do them so that is something that you I try to push is creating habits so looking at the habit loop so looking at the cue the action the reward and trying to think of okay the skills that they've just chosen for uh what they do want to want to develop for their mental toughness um how do we put that into their life now and create a habit then they don't have to focus on that so then they can keep focusing on 
other skills, building other skills and maybe like their studies or whatever because St Andrew's Uni have got a lot of studies. Mm. So it's like that's another important thing that we touch on is making it a habit. Um, so give me an example of like one habit you would give like one of the team, like the rowing team or something. So we've obviously looked at a lot of things in this week including like nutrition, recovery, um, mental toughness kind of psychology and then what else? Look, YS&C. So it could be anything. So for example, for um, all of them, it might be looking at their recovery strategies. So introducing this habit would then be, okay, so their cue is their workout. Um, the action is now implementing this recovery strategy. So it could simply be, so we looked at actual protocols of um, post-workout, like nutrition, hydration, like stretch from roll all the way to going to bed. So getting all of those meals in, getting like cold bath showers, that kind of thing. So it's creating their own protocol for them um, individually that would suit their situation. But it could literally, let's just say, be post-workout nutrition. So mm-hmm. it'd be Q is a workout. The action is um, the... Having a post-workout shake or something. Yeah. Um, so we talked like chocolate milk. Yeah. And then the reward after that. So with the reward part of it, um, you look at, okay, you might actually physically just be getting a reward from it. So like endorphins or something, if it's the exercise and that feel-good factor. But sometimes you might have to physically acknowledge that you've just done something. So it could be like, okay, well done, Claire. Or it might be like a team thing where you're like, okay, we've all got our post-workout nutrition. High five. Like, Yeah, I think what I miss about rowing and I guess being at uni and being in like a team sport, or it, it doesn't even need to be a team sport, the same as athletics, it was so much easier to do these kind of things because everyone was doing it. And it, exactly. then you're getting into group social norms. Yeah. And it's something that I try and instill with the groups on like the Facebook groups for my clients because you know it's not quite the same we all have very individual lives and you're not seeing people but at least there's those like communities of social norms where we're yeah. all positive we're all encouraging each other maybe <clears throat> everyone's posted their post-workout shake so you are kind of like that's your yeah. reward oh everyone's like yeah okay good and exactly. maybe the reward and is, it as is important. As, like a like yeah oh yeah, yeah I did it cool Emma's noticed and that is the a really important part of that habit loop because why continue if you I know like rewards aren't always the thing like there's intrinsic extrinsic motivation all that stuff but for instilling something like this straight away that is a really important part of the Mm. process because it encourages to keep doing it and And then eventually you're seeing seeing the reward yeah like oh do you know what having this post-workout shake all the time is meaning I'm performing better recovering better and my performance is higher yeah so it might be extrinsic for at the start it might be those high five the likes or whatever then further as it goes along, it might actually, now it's not even, do you know, it's a habit, so you don't even yeah. need the reward, like, but yeah. you kind of always get it. Yeah, I guess, like, when your parents like, well done for brushing your teeth, and now yeah. it's like, probably don't need that. Yeah, um, um, but for them, like, um, I assume some of them might have found it difficult to even just go to the gym at times at the start. I'm not sure who all of the clients are you're working with, but it's just that's even their habit now they're in this this is going to help them initially there's a lot of motivation behind it but hopefully it's then going to start to instill the actual habit of going to the gym and this is their routine this is what they're doing yeah and I think that's so interesting we spoke about it briefly last week but how these 
habits become almost like part of who you are so you're not and this is why I quite like the athlete mindset because part of the reason that I think it works so well is that you you are an athlete and you identify as an athlete now a lot of people identify as someone who's unfit and you would call yourself unfit whereas when you start on a program and when you have like really big lifestyle change like there's a few women in the group who have had a real like lifestyle change from going to really overweight to actually really fit now And that's their good. identity has changed. And I think that's that's why I know that none of them will go back because mm-hmm. they are now exercisers. It's part of what they do. It's like, I would never have a week where I didn't exercise. Yeah. Whereas before it'd be like, I would never have a week where I exercise. That's insane. Exactly. Like, I'm not an exercise. Yeah. Like, it's not something I do. So now it's like, it's their habit. Like yeah. for me, like when I go to work, I always make sure if I, I've got something in my bag that will allow me to train. Like mm. it's just a thing that I like to do. It's a thing that I do. Yeah. So it's not really questions and I know some people will be like you work out like every day and I'm like well maybe not every day but I just like to do something yeah but it's like not yeah and that's just because I've done it for so long so it's a habit for me I don't really think of it whereas... yeah I always use this so a lot of people really struggle with eating in the evenings like that's when you tend to go off track isn't it like you're pretty good all day you're quite structured and then after dinner it's like you're watching tv that's when you go off track and I never eat after dinner like it's just not something that I do and I guess at one point, I can't really, really remember now, but I must have been like, oh, that's like a conscious effort not to eat after my last meal. Like, yeah. I just don't. Yeah. And now I didn't even think about it. I'm like, oh, this, it would be like me getting up in the middle of the night and eating. Like, it's like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's, it's just, just not something that I do. Yeah. So it's not hard not to do it. Yeah. And I'm not like ridiculously anal about it. Like, if, if I wanted to, I would. But it's not something that I tend to do. And that's just kind of like a habit that's formed. Yeah. Without this, so there's no need for like willpower now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, because that's what I touch on is that they're limited, so they're great to get you started, but then the habits need to continue that behaviour. Um. So talk. here's a good one, like, because habits is always linked to willpower, and obviously when you're developing a habit or more forming a behaviour into a habit, that takes a fair amount of willpower, and then as this behavior becomes a habit the willpower goes down yeah or the need for it goes down now there's two sort of schools of thought around willpower one is that it's a finite source and if you use some of it on something then there's less for other things yeah and the other is willpower is a muscle the more you use it the the stronger it gets well that's kind of like the mental toughness element is i feel like it, it is developing that mental toughness that's what we're trying to do with all of these things is develop the habits, develop the growth mindset, develop all of these different areas to enhance that mental toughness, which in turn is going to help enhance that willpower. So someone's willpower can be bigger like at certain points, but that's when you still want to be relying on creating it, a habit as well. Mm-hmm. So I think you can enhance like all of that willpower and stuff with the mental toughness, but it's taking time and using these skills to do it as well. I think as yeah, that would be my view on the yeah, whole thing. I, w- I didn't expect like a one answer or the other. And I guess what <laughs> it doesn't hugely make sense because when you're speaking about willpower and developing these habits, like we've just said, the more like I didn't use willpower anymore not to eat in the evening. Yeah. So I can use it for something else. But I think that's a really important thing as well. And it's something that But you've still developed it. That and if you think of it another way is Is it just you... stronger? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So Psychology is a weird thing. Like, I know. Um, but you could use you could view that as your willpower has like 
gotten so much stronger from that whole. Look, there's yeah. other things being used. Um, I, like I introduced them at the end is the whole actual goal setting too. So I know it's like an obvious skill, but that's hopefully going to develop with their commitment and challenge. And it's the process of the actions toward that towards that goal. So you've got your commit to six, so that you've got the final goal at the end but it's putting in action plans so that the whole way through this goal it's okay you've got small little action plans and goals that they will achieve and then they'll feel like powerful and mentally tougher every hurdle they go through to hit this final goal so that's another thing that I talk about is trying to develop that mental toughness by achievement so you've got those mini hurdles that you've hit and you've done well and that is also going to make you feel yeah, so powerful. And that's kind of what we implement. Most people listening to us will know, but we've got, the, I call them non-negotiables, but they would be like that little goals, like have you hit your steps? Have you met your protein? Have you yeah. um, done your kept your calories? Have you got in the workouts you said you were going to get in? And then at the end of the week, we have, like I guess, trying to develop this group norm where you post your results and you say which ones you've done, which ones you haven't done, and then you make a plan, again, using the growth mindset, yeah. that, okay, yeah, I didn't hit my steps this week, but this is what I'm going to do this week to try and make sure that I do hit my steps. Yeah. And something else that I always really try and, like, ingrain is this imperfect action. So I'm going to briefly speak about one client who I won't name, but she is struggling a bit, and I think this is the, the one downside to group coaching if you look at it from the wrong perspective is that she thinks that everyone else in the group is doing really well and she's not managing yeah. to hit her, her target, so she's really struggling. But she's actually lost more weight than most people in the group. It's just she's not been able to, you know, she's coming, she's very new to exercise. So she's like, oh, I really struggle to exercise and hit my steps and stick to my calories. And I'm like, but you're doing better at every single one than you were when you started. Yeah. And actually, you're still yeah. losing weight. So she's like, what can I possibly do to do this? And I'm like, you don't need to, like... Being better than you were is exactly. brilliant. And actually, yeah. like, imperfect action is going to be way better than... She's like, should I lower my calories? No, you're losing weight on the calories you're on. Like, you don't yeah. need to lower them. Should I go keto? Like, what? No, absolutely not. And I think it's... Sometimes that comparison can be a bad thing because yeah. there's some women in the group that... And guys, especially Ollie, that's, like, absolutely smashing everything and if not doing more, like, oh, yeah, I hit my 12,000 steps, but actually I just did 20,000 this week. And... Other people should see that as, oh, that's great that they're doing that. Like, it doesn't suit my life yeah. at the time. But I can understand how it can get a little bit competitive that, oh, they're doing that. Does that mean I should be doing that? Like, no, they're way further down yeah. in their journey. Yeah, everyone, it is hard to... Comparison is the thief of yeah. joy type thing. <laughs> and you do need to remember it's your journey. And that's the whole part of, like, smart goals is that it's your journey. It's not your body's journey. Mm. It's... You need to focus on what you you can achieve. Because for me, say, or say that that one individual compared to the next, that is going to be unrealistic for them to try and attain. And that's when they'll fail. And that's when they'll be, they'll lose the motivation, they'll lose that drive. And that's why you need to make sure that you're keeping it relative to you, like, so that you can physically achieve it. So that's a good example for using SMART goals to keep it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because although I might set, like I set 12,000 steps for commit six, which is quite a high step count, especially if you're office based and, you know, a lot of people will use maybe 10,000. 
and to some extent it's an arbitrary number like if you're getting more steps yeah. than when you started that's that's brilliant yeah and like I set a goal because it's nice to have a target yeah to hit yeah but exactly you know if you're if you're like actually that's an unrealistic goal for me I'm gonna like we obviously speak in check-in so we can speak together and be like okay well for you getting over 10,000 is going to be a really good thing because actually when you started you were like 3,000 exactly yeah you know, that's brilliant um but yeah making the goals more realistic um other things <clears throat> that we talked that that I go over as well is looking at the so you've got to be able to count control your emotions um, around certain areas obviously of competition learn new skills so we look at um, imagery and some other relaxation stuff um, so imagery do we just talk about it yeah yeah um, we look at how to use it as a skill so a lot of the time it's more probably often used for competition but it can be used for say drilling in new techniques that people are a bit unsure of um there's internal external so external would be say me um watching myself perform something so say if I'm performing a rowing race it would be me watching myself in that boat with everybody else trying to hear smell everything and imagine what the result would be at the end performing but you're not watching a video of yourself you're watching yourself in your head yeah Yeah, so imagine eyes closed and thinking of it yeah in my head and I'm envisioning what I want to happen and I'm going over and over and over that. There's a lot of uh, studies and psychology studies are quite difficult to actually know if they're (laughs) true or not. That was why I hated them at uni but then they are so useful. Exactly. How can you tell if you perform better because you've been doing... You've been fitter. Yeah, I mean it could have been the training, it could have been the like the weather was better, it could exactly. have been that you yeah. didn't have your period that week compared to the last week, you know, it could yeah. be so many factors, but So still. with imagery, there is like studies looking at like motor learning and that kind of thing. It's just drilling through that pattern over and over and over. Also like controlling arousal and that kind of thing. So obviously if your arousal is too heightened in competition, like mine was pretty bad like that for rowing. Um, you know, like either physically... That is often too aroused. <laughs> You know, <laughs> sorry, I had to make that joke. <laughs> um, where you might actually be so nervous that you could be sick, or just yeah. But you need you need a slight level of arousal. You don't if you're too calm, you're not going to get the adrenaline to perform. So you need to find that balance. So imagery can help with the motor learning, but also that control of emotion. Um, so external is like I said internal is me actually being there so I will be imagining myself in that boat starting the race feeling what it feels like to go through the process like thinking of the pain thinking of like the I don't know the oar in my hand and all of that kind of stuff sitting on the seat um, and imagine again exactly what, to, what I want to happen so that for me I used to do that to c- control my emotions it wasn't necessarily mm. to learn a new skill it was my, the emotional part for me but you could use it say for like um in the gym if there's act, if there's say skills in the gym that you're not so good at it might be using it for that it might be um like say a basketball layup if you're not really good at that it might be going through the process of going through that skill yeah I'm sure that was the example that we looked at at uni and it was more a motor learning skill and, and actually the study was quite 
like more legit than most mm-hmm. sports like studies because yeah. it was a motor skill. Yeah. So like, they had like one group of people that got to practice the layup and another people another group of people that just watched it. Yeah. And then imagined it. Yeah. And they were actually better. Yeah. Just so from like watching an expert performer doing it exactly. and then just imagining themselves doing it. So I don't know how I'm sure your group could use this in some way. It might be skills that they're trying to learn. It could be anything, though. It doesn't even have to be sport. Mm. It could be, like, I don't know, presenting skills or whatever they have to do in their jobs, their life. Like, it's they, this skill's not just sport-based. Like, yeah. It, I think if, that's such an important point because I often get, maybe with the, a little bit more experienced people in the group, they might say, oh, you know, I've nailed all these things, that you, like my non-negotiables, like I hit my steps, hit my protein, hit my calories, got my four workouts in, like, I'm get- and I'm getting results, like, what do I need to do next? Like, what can I add in? And I'm like, no, 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 like, you've nailed all that. Now you can use that energy that you used to focus on, you know, trying to nail all these things to improve your body composition on other things in your yeah. life. Like, it doesn't need to always be the focus. Yeah. And you're getting results. So that's brilliant that that's sort of happening on the side as brilliant you're enjoying it you're enjoying the process you can push yourself in the gym you can use that extra willpower energy or whatever to then exactly. get do something at work be better at presenting learn a language yeah whatever but it doesn't have to be focused on that yes. and I think that's where people go wrong because yeah. they're like oh yeah I'm getting results now what can I do more and like yeah. more isn't always better and that's sometimes where people go from being like really fit to like taking it too far yeah that's the other skill that we talk about is PMR uh, muscle relaxation. Alright. You... No. So, um, you might have done it, and you might just not know the name. So you know, sometimes you'll do it at the end of yoga, and it's where you tense oh, yes, muscle this is groups. Oh, my favorite thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you tense. Basically, you go through the whole body, um, starting either bottom to top or top to bottom, and you tense, uh, say like your face for like ten seconds, squeeze as hard as you can. And then completely relax. Squeeze your face. Like. Oh, I wish people could see you <laughs> in this face right now. <laughs> I'll try and get a picture and post it for you. Um, and then you'd maybe move down to like your shoulders, like your traps. And it's like squeezing your traps as hard as you can. And then relaxing. And it's doing that through your whole body. But what it's allowing you to do is to feel what relaxed actually feels like. Yeah. So we'll go through our lives obviously quite tensed and fast-paced and what I try to make sure that I'm pushing towards our athletes is that they need to think of the mental as well as physical relaxation so this okay physically it feels good but mentally it's actually pretty good so it allows you to feel what complete relaxed is rather than sitting at your desk with your shoulders up at your ears um traps getting all the tension in your shoulders um and I guess as well and this is kind of sad it but shows how like busy we are is that if while you're doing that, you take 10 minutes, turn your phone upside down, like whatever, don't think about anything else and just focus on doing that, that's like mentally a really good thing to yeah. do. And so many people don't Struggle. even take 10 minutes a yeah. day just to kind of do nothing yeah. and like feel what their body feels like. Exactly. So we go over meditation, PMR and breathing and they can all be linked together. So that whole 10 minutes of just taking time to just zone out using maybe breathing or the PMR with the meditation to focus on something internally rather than your brain going crazy. Um, So mentally it's quite good, but what I used to use PMR for as well was that whole emotional control 
for going into races but also for like presenting and stuff too mm. so this can be something that you can use just to understand what it feels like to be more relaxed and controlled so say doing that practicing that technique before bed understanding what it feels like to not be all tensed and kind of crazed before a certain event and being able to then think okay relax and then that just for me was a simple cue that I could use just thinking of even just upping my shoulder tension instead of being like like yeah it was to sort of ground yourself yeah um, I like that there's like cues though as well that you could do it before bed or something I read yesterday was about every time you walk through a door you should like think to yourself like strong tall and confident oh. and it just makes you sort of stand up and like yeah. and often someone's first impression of you is not necessarily verbal but like just what you appear like and mm-hmm. if you're strong tall and confident so the power pose you heard of that yeah, yeah but isn't that like head. yeah but that's just a bit like, <laughs> hi it's like walking into a room doing the power pose that would maybe be not the best first impression in some situations yeah. but I think if you're just like yeah yeah and it kind of resets you as well that's kind of like um it's not almost thought the thought changing thing so we talk about this too as a another technique that it's like thought, there's different ones, thought stopping, thought changing. I think thought changing is more of a newer development rather than stopping. Um, I think it's just one of those slight variations. Mm. But that's when, say, I'm having those negative fixed mindset thoughts. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Do you know, like during a race or during a certain situation or I'm about to do something or I can't do this. And it's about thinking of a, a word that is your cue to then change that out you know like change that mindset Mm. so it's like it could be anything it literally could be stop or it could be go or it could be something that's really meaningful for you and you're having that fixed kind of thought like and then as soon as you have that it's like a boom get that word in your head and change your um, so like a trigger word yeah yeah so it's like the thought changing i think when i was rowing it literally i didn't really have a word I'm sure it probably was just something like stop, but I just remember it did work really well for me when I was in training more so, um, probably because your mind can kind of go a little bit more in training rather than the race. Um, And if it was like, I remember one session in particular, was like three, 10 minutes, like really quite hard. And like in the middle 10 minutes, I was like, I can't do this. And it's like, no, stop it. And just like, it just allowed me to realise that you can do it. It's like, it's, it was really simple, but it does actually work as well. So that could be used in any situation. Like them now thinking, if they have any negative thoughts about the process, like whether it's immediate towards in a workout or doing steps or like, or if it's as a whole, it's like, boom, use that thought changing word. Like think of a keyword, think of it and change that mindset. Stop being naggy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, mine for athletics was commit and I remember because it was like I did 400 hurdles and it was always around the top end that I would just like this was my problem in all races I'd just be like like, I'm a bit worried about committing now because I I will get lactic hell yeah like by the end but then I'd always come in really strong at the end because I'd like backed off at around 200 yeah so it was always at like that point I was like no like in my head I was like commit and then I'd like just Ah. be like now from that point I like that Oh, it goes with you. And then, yeah, I know. <laughs> and then I named so many years later, I named the program after it. 
And for rowing, it was dropped boom. Was it? <laughs> yeah, a little cock used to say that at maybe like 500 metres to go. Be like, drop the boom. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So I think that's been a really interesting Hopefully. podcast. And what, so what are the take-homes? We want growth mindset. Yeah. You've had some imagery drills or ideas. Yeah, and still um, habits. Scrunchy face. What was that <laughs> called again? PMR? Um, yeah, progressive muscle relaxation. That's the one. And... Instilling habits or instead of relying on willpower. Yes, that's huge. Like, that's essentially what this whole program is built off. Or really what my whole approach to... Lifestyle changes. Lifestyle changes, yeah. yeah. Um, and then finally, I think, like, one really good take from this and one which you can action straight away is to find a trigger word. So I'd be really interested to hear what people's are, which we'll share in the group if you want. I guess it could be quite a personal thing. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a huge thing, just sort of identifying. Because you do always, like, you can always sort of, when you're in a good mindset, you can talk yourself out of, like, yeah, do you know what, you're just being a bit stupid. And at some points you have that perspective, and at other points you're like, no, this is never going to work, I'm feeling negative anyway, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And if you just have that word that's like, Shut you're being neggy, <laughs> like, no, yeah. stop yeah. being an idiot, and remember this sort of growth mindset, and imperfect action. There's a few things that they could think of. Is that then they could think of at the habit loop and then they could think of what is mentally tough for them. What do I need to work on? Hmm. So it could be like, that could be three discussion points. That, three. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you very much for your Thanks time. Thanks for having me. You're more than welcome. <laughs>